Welcome to The Power of Sticking Together with me, your host, Leisha Latrum, and my special guest, Pastor Kimberly McKissick. Pastor Kimberly McKissick is a big sister in the gospel. I've watched her throughout my saved life and moments of not so saved become a woman of stature, a stately, godly woman of faith. I have nothing but the utmost respect for her. She is more than equipped to deal with the village. This episode will have you grabbing your mind and checking yourself to see where you fit in. I'm telling you now, if you are not part of the it, maybe you don't think you belong to this village. You will soon find out. This month is all about the village. I would like to thank Pastor McKissick for kicking off this month's series as we discuss It Takes a Village to Raise a Child. Or may I add, Raising Children. Get ready to find out where you fit in the village. Don't you dare ignore the call. Let's stand up, take back our village and children. So tune in because we're cooking up something really good the type of meal you can smell cooking in your neighborhood. Are you ready? Let's go. It is now time for me to break bread with Pastor Kimberly McKissick. Welcome to the pause. (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is so amazing. Long time coming, but I'm so thankful I made it. Thank you so much. Yes, yes. The entire Tremble family. How about that? (laughs) The tribe, the tribe. The tribe. Look, Lottie Dottie and everybody. (laughs) <laughs> yes, thank you for accepting my invitation. How are you doing today? Listen, I'm blessed of the Lord. There's nothing I can complain about because you all don't want to hear it anyway, but I am so thankful. <laughs> I know that's right. I know that's oh, right. God's Did you not words. hear that? Yes. She said we don't want to hear it anyway. She's Listen. telling the truth. <laughs> y'all don't want to hear none of it. None of it. But you know what? You know what? I'm sure the congregation ears are glued and two in to hear what's, what's going on in the village, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we can talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about that. <laughs> that they want to hear. <laughs> a lot to talk about in the village, which is so um, integral to what we're going through right now, what we're enduring right now. we yes, got to talk about gotta talk the village. About it. Where is the village? we got to talk about the state of the village. Yes, but listen, before we can break bread, Pastor McKissick, I have to introduce you to the listeners. Is that all right? Lord have mercy. Okay, I'm a, I, 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 I forgot to send you a cash app for that, so let's make sure she'll be nice to me. Did she say cash app? No, ma'am. I got to send her my little, my coins to make sure she's nice in the introduction. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so we're getting ready to do a quick glimpse into the life of Pastor Kimberly. I'm a I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be petty in McKissick. <laughs> Put oh the whole my. thing in there, okay? Oh, <laughs> and we're gonna leave the end alone. But anyway, mm-hmm. here we go. Pastor Kimberly is a personal development coach under Lady Kim Speaks, an executive pastor at the Belta Church, where her husband, Bishop Rudolph McKissick Jr., is the pastor. Pastor Kim mentor pastor's wife under 
the age of 40 and offers one-on-one coaching sessions, which include, but are not limited to spiritual guidance and life strategies. She is an author of two books, The Joy Spot. See, that's why I got you on here. You're going to have to come talk about that one day. Discusses the (laughs) roles you play in life while handling the hiccups God's way and still have joy in doing so. The entrepreneur's bag gives tools for business success. Born in Richmond, Virginia, she received a BA degree from Virginia Union University and a Master of Divinity <laughs> Samuel DeWitt Proctor School of Theology at Virginia Union. She and her husband have been married for 29 years and together they have three gifted children. Jocelyn, don't tell me because I kept saying I'm going to get her name right. Is that Janiah? Janae. Janae. Mm-hmm. Oh, going it. I just knew I had a name. <laughs> it's all right. right. And <laughs> Joshua. Yay. All right. At the Bethel Church, she leads the Women of Purpose Ladies Ministry and the Covenant Keepers Marriage Ministry with her husband in the community. Here we go. She served <laughs> on the advisory board of Johnson YMCA and she's affiliated with, go ahead and say it. Cause I'm not going to say it right. So Alpha Sorority Incorporated. <laughs> and the Virginia Union University Alumni Association. Not only is she active in her community, Pastor Kim Life Verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. See, I knew we liked each other. I knew it. I knew there was a reason behind that because this is my verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to thy own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. Her mantra is at successful and you will be successful. Lord, Lord, Lord. That was just a glimpse. (laughs) That was just a glimpse. But that's some awesome stuff. That's the stuff the community needs. So let me just say this. Pastor McKissick, now this is no memorization. This is from the heart. I respect you and the manner in which you walk in. You are a wife, a mother, a daughter, a sister, cousin, auntie, friend, and the most and most God's child who found it not robbery to support your community in more ways than one. As for me, I see you as a big sister in the faith, but yet a respectable pastor. You know, the village needs women like you for such a time as this. I'm trying not to get overwhelmed because it's so needed. And the congregation has to say amen. That's my listeners, you know. Um, <laughs> they are the congregation. Yes. Now, let's serve some uh, a good meal while it's nice and hot. You know, it takes a village to raise a child. You know that old saying. Absolutely. You know, I heard this saying my entire life. You know, the origin of the phrase is unknown. However, it is believed to be its roots coming from like the ancient African proverb or from the Native Americans. You know, regardless of who and where it comes from, the statement remains the same throughout time. It takes a village 
to raise a child. With so much going on, Pastor Kim, you have a you have children. Yes. You got, you got nieces, nephews, I you know, you done babysit someone else child. Lord help. You know? When you hear this proverb, what does it mean to you? Well, for me, thank you so much again for allowing me on here. I'm so thankful to have this opportunity to chat and to dialogue. I think we need to do more of it. Um, So I am excited about this conversation and what it will mean for our listeners, for your listeners, and what it would mean for our communities and our world. But the it, uh, for me, it takes a village just means that everyone needs to be of like minds to come together to nurture our children, to nurture the next generation, to equip and to educate them. Um, I do believe that it takes us being on one accord in order to do these things. I can't feel one way or have different a different set of values than um, someone else that I feel is pertinent to the village. We've got to be on one accord. The Bible in Amos says, how can two walk together unless they agree? Mm. And so as we are agreeing, agreeing doesn't mean that we're going to always agree on the same thing, but we have an understanding of where we are and we're going to walk together to a positive end and for uh, the, the utmost respect of the people that we're trying to nurture and bring about. And so it does take a village. It takes all of us to um, bring about an understanding for a child, to bring about community for others who are um, not of our community, not of right. our culture. Right. And so when it's, we say it takes a village, I think about um, the people who were instrumental in my life, my Sunday school teacher, my Girl Scout leader, mm. um, my my parents, my neighbors, um, right. and then my, my family, my aunts, my uncles, my grandparents. And so those those people were my village who helped nurture me, my my uncles, um, even my co- older cousins. And so, you know, we were of the, the tribe where we came from. Everybody was ma'am, was miss, was mister. I didn't call people by their first names. And it's funny because I still don't do that today. Yes, ma'am. That was my, my heritage. That's how yes. I grew up. And so it takes all of us. Proverbs 17 and 6 says, train up a child in the way that he should go, because when they get older, they will not depart from this. So we, if we're sowing those seeds in their lives at an early age, it'll come back to their remembrance. They may stray. Yes, ma'am. Minute, but, but it'll it'll be rooted. They'll be grounded in it and they'll they'll come back. I don't think they heard that. They may what? They may stray. But it's going to be what? But but they'll come back. It's rooted and grounded in it's them. Rooted. So they may stray because we have free will. So we all have done things. We've all strayed. When I, when I first went off to college, although I was in this, I was six minutes from my home, um, Virginia University. I'm from Virginia. So I lived on campus because my father wanted me to have that campus experience. Right. But the first two weeks, I did not call home. So I came into my dorm to find my father sitting on my couch <laughs> in the uh, in the uh, in the dorm downstairs. You lost your mind. When I tell you, he said, "Now, daughter." His thing was always daughter, not because I was his daughter, but that was his um, endearment to people, daughter. And I just said, "Yes, daddy." I didn't even have to. I didn't even need him to say anything because I knew. But I had strayed. I, I didn't call home. They hadn't seen me. I hmm. wasn't going to church. And my, I'm a PK, so he let me have my space for a minute. But after that, he said, okay, I got to bring you in. Mm, that's that village. That's that that's village. village. 
Yes, yes, yes. That's that group of individuals. That it. You you mm-hmm. mentioned your auntie, your uncles, your cousin. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you say and my cousins. <laughs> you know, yeah. you the yeah. whole thing. You mentioned the neighbor. Mm-hmm. I mean, all those people who helped mm-hmm. mold and raise mm-hmm. our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same thing they need that you needed back then. You mm-hmm. know, that would teach them moral values. My thing was those nosy neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> and you back know? then, thank God for them. I, yes. you know, thank God for them that saw things that I didn't even realize they could see or that they yes. were looking. Yes, ma'am. You know, I had them growing up. We Not as much as we used to. You know, mm-hmm. th- we got different type of neighbors now. But I remember growing up and um, certain things I just didn't do. You know, everybody knew everybody in the neighborhood across the street or the little old lady that stayed next door was going to tell it all, not Mm -hmm. just to my parents, but to everybody else, too. So Mm -hmm. to keep me from hearing my name being called out in folks mouth and I was afraid of it getting back to them. Mm-hmm. I made sure I always stopped and listened to the stories, even when I didn't want to hear them talk. You know, I had yes. those neighbors that would sit on the porch and want to have a whole conversation with you. Right, right. <laughs> you Correct. know, yes. And they will always end with the same saying, you know, you have some hardworking parents. Don't you forget mm-hmm. that. Yes. And I would say I want and I walk away, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, But then there was another thing that was raising me as well. Okay, then there was something called the rod. Mm-hmm. You know, my parents actually gave their rod a name called Big Ben. Lord have mercy. A black leather belt and it lived behind the bar in a cabinet. Mm-hmm. Big Ben was not going to catch me slipping. Truth be told, if you was to talk to all six of us siblings, we know the story of Big Ben. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and we grown. We still talk about it. You remember Big Ben? Yep. Yes. Sir. Yes. Mm-hmm. The fear of getting caught and my neighbors thinking they could beat me was not a factor. My parents putting something inside of me um, called common sense and moral values. Life itself has a way of testing both common sense and your moral values. Absolutely. You know, the neighborhoods that I grew up in were part of my parental village and helping mm-hmm. raise us and that light leather belt, big bed. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny because God knows what we need. So I, I, I would like to believe he put those people around us because that's what we needed. Yes. Yes. We need it. We so need it now. We so need it now. Um, I think I have turned into one of those nosy neighbors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because you would want someone to say something if it was your child. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think I use a little bit more wisdom because uh, our generation is a little different than uh, approachable. Yes. We're not as approachable um, like we were when we were younger. And so we have to be real careful when you're out there trying to be in the community. You have to know how to be approachable and when to say something and how right. to say it, then that's very needed. You know, Pastor Kim, you, 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 I mean, you already talked about the village that helped raise you uh, mm-hmm. for your children. How did you identify your village when it came to 
raising your children? Once again, the Lord connects you and knits you with people who are for you and who he's put placed in your life that will encourage you, that will take up for you, <laughs> that will have your back when you need it. And so mm-hmm. once again, looking out for, for you without you having to ask. That's what I call it. People looking out for you without you having to ask. So he needed our spirits with a few of our neighbors that um, in, in our houses, we've had three houses since we've been here in Jacksonville. And so in, in each place, he knitted our spirits to people who were in our neighborhoods and, and a few of them were members of our churches. But we continued that relationship after we moved uh, their children, great friends with our children. And that's what it's all about. That's what the village is. It does That relationship doesn't stop when you're not close to them, but that relationship continues even when you leave their presence. Mm. And and so um, the, the neighborhood, the Sunday school teachers, once again, these are should be the people, these should be part of your village because they're sowing into your children. They're teaching you the word of the Lord. And so their Sunday school teachers were great, um, great village for them, even away from the church. Um, a lot of their school teachers, being that my husband's a pastor, a lot of, they respected the, the McKissick name. They respected his place and his authority. So they instantly became the village looking out for them, even though I did not realize that they were. And so their school teachers and, and the parents of their friends, great village, especially the ones that had the same moral values as you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Some of them we had to, we had to kind of, you know, rein in and, and, and do a check. But, uh, but a I lot of them, I know you do. You <laughs> we got to make sure we're on one accord. Okay. What, what's, what's your, what, how do you view this? And what do you allow your kids to do? And are we on the same page? So a lot of their friends, parents became a, a part of their village that I respected. And I was appreciative of their parenting while they were in their in their care. Wow, that's something deep there. Their parenting. Being a parent, but yet can trust another parent to parent your child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, because that's, that's what I, that's what I'm doing. I'm entrusting my child to you while they're with you. So I would expect you to do for them as you would do for your own children. And that's how it was with me when I would go over my friend's house. Yes, they were able to tell me right from wrong, no and yes, and don't do this and and correct me. So that's what it is. They didn't shy away, uh, but they were my parents when I was away from home. I love that. They did not shy away. Y'all hear this? Make sure you understand that raising this village is going to take us not to shy away. We can't be to the point that we keep, we too nervous to speak. I think one day I was talking to my daughter. She's, you, you know, they get grown. Um, she's 24. And okay. um, I was talking to her one day and I said, you know, I will never walk around here on edge. Like I'm afraid to talk to you because right. maybe you feel as though you grown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking to her in reference to, when I ever get to a point that I'm too afraid to talk to you and pour into you because I'm still your mother, you're just grown. There's an issue in that. I, so I, I always say my children are not grown. They're adults. You're grown when you are fully sufficient. Gotcha. Mm. My children, they are they're young adults. 
That's it. Young adults, young adults. That's it. Did you not hear that? You're only grown when you are what? <laughs> when you are self-sufficient. <laughs> and that's not that's not to say that they won't ever need our help because they always will. They right. always will. They will never they may get out of your house, but they will never get out of your pocket. That part. That, so that part. So right now they are young adults because they're still figuring it out. They're yes. still depending but dependent on us. So they're not grown yet. They are young adults. That part, that part. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I hate to say it, but I feel sometimes the village is the only influence some children have to depend on. You know, why, you know, mm-hmm. we are lacking compassion for mothers and fathers. Yes. <sighs> if we are not ready to receive our children in our villages, then we are leaving them in harm's way. And we can see this so prevalent mm-hmm. in today's time. It may take a village to raise a child, but make sure that village is providing, as we have been speaking in reference to, and interacting positively with children mm-hmm. so that that child or those children will experience a safe place to grow in a healthy environment. I could not wait to just get to this one question. Oh, my Uh goodness. You know, (laughs) Pastor Kim, the village we remember, does it still exist today? How can we reach children in our village? We losing them. So, well, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that before you answer that. I don't think we're necessarily on the losing end. I think we're losing focus. So answer that for me. I believe we have to redirect our interpretation and our perception of the village for the sake of our children. They're not entirely wrong just because it does not process or portray like we think it should. Once again, my village were my Sunday school teachers, my aunts, my uncles, my parents, my grandparents, my neighbors. But now you have gangs are some of these kids' village. Wow. Um, This the schoolyard is their village. Mm. Um, And and a lot of their peers are their village because some of the older people do have not acquiesced to how they are taking in things. You know, we're kind of brash and hard on the things that they are doing in their choices and their preferences. And so we've got to have an understanding. And, and a lot of them don't feel that we understand where they are or why they are choosing the things that they're choosing. And so the village is being left behind because they feel like the village doesn't understand. Gotcha. And they feel like the village does not want to accept the things of the today. Now, once again, that doesn't mean we have to give in and acquiesce to what they're doing. I think it's a teaching tool, but the, the village is there. They're just silent and they're they're far off. Gotcha. <laughs> they're not as they're they're not as in close contact as ours were. So the village is there, but they're only there so the children can reach out if they need them, not to engage or uh, intercept. In whatever they're doing, they don't want you to ask questions. They don't want to know what they have. They want. They don't want you to know what they have going on. But it's almost like we have to be cautious because they are so guarded about the things that they're doing that they don't want to feel like they're being judged. Wow. 
Never looked at it that way. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to be condemned for their choices. And so I just think it, it, we have to tread lightly sometimes because we can come off judgmental. We can come off as, oh, this is what I think you need to do. And it's not about that, especially for the young adults, because if they're young adults, hey, I'm, I'm taking my hands off because I finished nurturing you. You know right from wrong. So I'm just here to suggest at this point. I'm not here to force you to do anything. I'm here to suggest at this point and just to help you to see things differently in the decisions that you make. So um, the villages I remember, they're there. They're just not as active like they were when we were coming up because they, they, uh, you know, uh, they're a far off. They, they've taken a step back. And the understanding is I'm here if you need me. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do you think it's um, you do you think that far off is because of the aggressiveness that our youth um, speaks now, like their demeanor? Do you think that's why we I think so. But I think also it's because, once again, they're not willing. The village is not willing to understand the things that our youth are dealing with. It's a different day, a totally different day, especially when you pile a pandemic onto everything. It's a totally different dynamic than when we were coming up. There are so many more outlets now. There's so many more options now. And so they don't feel that the village understands what they're going through. And once again, they feel judged. So how do you think we can reach um, our children in the village? I understand that you are you and your husband, pastor, one of the largest churches in Jacksonville. Um, and so I'm, I'm sure you're full of young youth. So how can we reach the children in the village? Once again, communication. We always say this. They, they communicate on their phones and I always tell my children, okay, hey, listen, if we're going to talk, we, we've got to learn how to talk face to face more and not through text because everything cannot be told and you cannot hear tone through text. And so a lot gets misconstrued, a lot gets lost in texting. And so I try to encourage them to speak face to face or even on the phone, if they will, and let them know that I'm here to listen, not to judge, but just listen. Every conversation doesn't require an answer from me. Gotcha. Every conversation doesn't require my experience or my expertise. I'm here to listen. I, mm-hmm. I just want to hear what, what your thoughts are, where you are, so that I can understand how to approach you and how to connect with you. Uh, and so I think a, a lot more of that needs to be had. We're so busy wanting to tell them what to do. We think teach means to tell all the time. Teach means to share. Right. I'm sharing this information with you. You do with it what you want. That makes sense. That makes so, a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what te- teaching is not necessarily. I'm telling you all this stuff. Hey, this is what I'm telling you to do. This like they don't have a mind of their own. This is hey, this is, a, this is what I'm telling you. No, I'm teaching you. I'm sharing with you what I've learned. I'm sharing with you my experiences. Right. I'm sharing with you some of the things that I know to be true because I went through it. And so I think teaching takes on a different meaning now because we're just sharing information with them 
And of course, this is age range. And I'm talking about young adults now. When you, when it comes to children, yes, you're doing a little bit of telling too. <laughs> hey, listen, this is what I'm telling you to do. Hey, you need to do what I tell you to do. Right, right. And so, um, but, but still teaching is sharing information with them so they will have what they need to make an informed decision. I love that. Sharing information so that they will have what they need to make a an informed decision. That part. That mm-hmm. makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Because a lot of times we think um, we have to tell them what to do. Yeah. And a lot of times yeah. we think um, if you would have just listened, you know, yeah. we have yeah. that approach. Yes. And I think what happens is the youth becomes quiet, but yet at the same time, mm-hmm. they are loud in other areas, like mm-hmm. a cry of just tell me, uh, show me or teach me, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. their reaction. They always say, um, you know, when you used to go off your your older parents or grandma, you say, stop being, stop, what they say, stop trying to, stop showing off, stop. <laughs> stop showing off. Stop, oh, showing, stop showing out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's that. Um, I think our youth are doing that. Mm-hmm. They're showing out because they need someone to sit down and just listen to them. Mm-hmm. And like take the time out to listen to see what's really going on and why mm-hmm. are we lacking um, compassion from mothers and fathers. I mean, we can go on for days with that little piece right there. But mm-hmm. if we're going to be the village for those individuals, those families, even that, because sometimes um, that village even helped my mother and my father mm-hmm. get through crisis in order mm-hmm. to help keep us stable, you know? Yeah. And so we have to learn how to pull together. I, I, I mean, I don't want this to be about a, a, a set group of people, but you know, our people seems to lack more than <laughs> their share. Mm-hmm. And so if we don't pull ourselves together like we need to, I hate to say it, but it's going to be very tragic. You know, no, no, it is. You know, in today's time, I see a pulling apart um, of our culture, of our village, because there's so much misinformation and people are going their own way. We're not together on certain issues um, as much as I feel we need to be. And so when you have that, not to mention we as adults, but our children certainly are going astray because they, they're being pulled in so many different directions because our village is not on one accord. And this is why we're having this podcast. We are calling you to come on one accord. We are calling yeah. you. We are pleading. We are asking. There's a need. We are, our children are suffering because mm-hmm. we can't just come together and make it work. You know, put mm-hmm. the differences aside and Correct. let's think about what we're losing. Correct. We're losing yeah. our people. We're losing. And it's not in small numbers. It's, it's not. It's, it's big numbers. Mm-hmm. Way before the pandemic hit, you know, mm-hmm. we're mm-hmm. losing, we're losing. And we don't want, we're not on a losing team. But thank God, thank because God. when I was praying and I was asking God, you know, anytime I get ready to do a podcast and I, I just, you know, God let me know what the next one would be and what the topic would be. And, you know, I kept hearing in my ear Deuteronomy 11 and 19. Teach them mm-hmm. to your children. Talking about it, 
you know, when you sit at home, when you walk around along the road, when you lie mm-hmm. down and when you get up, what are we teaching? We're teaching them the values. We're teaching them what you just said. I'm giving you what you need so that you can make a moral, mm-hmm. sober decision when mm-hmm. you're not around me. You know, the, the village will always, and you said it before, reflect what you taught them. Mm-hmm. And they don't know that. And so instead of them knowing that, they have a tendency of now just showing off. You know, yeah. this is what I'm gathering. If the village is not reflecting what you are teaching them, then they are not part of the village. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You can help them to understand how the village is run. You know, you may not be part of this village. You'll, you may have a different view, <laughs> but you're going to respect mm-hmm. these boundaries. Yes. Yeah. Because not all, not everybody your children hang around or be around are going to have that same outlook. You would want them to hang around everything that you put inside of them, but that's just not realistic. We know that's not going to happen. Correct. But you teach your children the boundaries. And when they hang around other people, those people begin to understand their boundaries. And mm-hmm. So if you're not reflect, if, if you are not reflecting what God is saying for you to teach them, then you know that you're not being part of the village. You're you're the one that's breaking away. I'm sorry to put it that way, but that's just as plain as I could put it. Well, you know, it's 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 like the Bible does say in Hebrews, people will have itching ears. So they want to hear whatever they want to hear and they want to go and teach whatever they want to teach. But the word of God is the word of God is alive and is active and you have to rightly divide the word of truth. And so when we're talking about the village and, and raising up our children and being on one accord, I've got to know that your investment is in the right way, is in the right frame, and that you have their best interest at heart. And so I, I can't allow myself to um, get away from my values because of your decision making. And so I, I, we got to make sure that at the village is teaching the same thing. I tell my son, he's the youngest and he's the only one here at the house. My uh, middle daughter is in Orlando in grad school and my other daughter has moved out. So I tell him, I said, you know, I've got to make sure wherever you're going that those values that they have line up with our values. Mm. And that wherever you go, although he's a good kid, I tell people he's not perfect, but my son is a good kid, but that you are not going to compromise what you know and what we've taught you when you go over to somebody else's house at, at this stage, because their values don't line up with ours. So that's that's the other thing you got. To, that's why I said this is kind of twofold because of ages of people's children, the listener's children, whoever's tuned in. You may have children still at home, but they are adults. <laughs> so now we're parenting once again in that way. Like I said, I can suggest, but you've got to know how to not compromise the values that you have when you go into a home that may not have the same values that we do. That's 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 good. That's good. Um, It should provide them a safe place to flourish. Mm -hmm. You know, at the end of the day, if that village is not allowing you to flourish and it's killing Mm -hmm. who you are on the inside. Yes. You're in the wrong place. Absolutely. You're in the wrong place. 
You know, these moral values and biblical principles are part of our village. Our children mm-hmm. are to know them in the village. How? The same way, like we have said, we write them on the door frames of our houses and gates. Others within the village should have the same engraved on their door frames and their houses and gates. That safe place. So maybe they may steer away, just like Pastor McKissick said in the beginning. But she says something else. They will not depart. Why? Because it has been engraved. They have seen it their whole life. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, that we can say about this whole village. This, I believe that's why the Lord want to impress on my heart to take a whole month. Because not just because it's a new year, it's just a cry. Something yes, to start yes. the new year off. Let's focus Amen. on the village. Let's focus Amen. on gathering like our families, reclaiming our village mm-hmm. and saying no, no yes. more, no more. Yes. And being there for the families who need, who are in need. That's that's a big part. Um, mm-hmm. I would love for you to leave an encouraging word um, to the village. And I hope you found out where you fit. I, you know, a call for mothers and fathers, neighbors, and all that makes up this wonderful community, our village that helps us raise our families. Would you please share with our listeners, the congregation, a mandate from heaven that our village needs to help us save our children? Amen. Well, I want to thank you so much for this time of engagement, this time of sharing and coming together. A lot of times we are in the hustle and bustle of life, but we must take the time to connect and communicate yes, ma'am. And with each other as believers in the body of Christ, just to hear each other's hearts, just to see what's going on and what's happening. We can't take for granted or assume that we know. Yes, ma'am. So, so these moments I treasure. I'm thankful for you and what all God is doing with you in the life of your listeners. And I know that your podcast, that your presence is an impact and making an imprint. And so we thank you so much for stepping out and doing what the Lord has told you to do. Yes, ma'am. And so I, I just want to encourage our listeners, our village that it's not so much about what we think should happen, but what God says needs to happen. Mm. And so as we, there's a lot of times we're so engrossed in what we think and what we want or what we feel should be going on, but we've forgotten of of God's command. Mm. We've forgotten about his commandment, it says in Proverbs 7, to guard his instructions as we guard our own eyes and tie them on our fingers as a reminder. We should write them deep within our hearts. And so as we go along, we've got to remember his command. And our commandments is simply this. I am my brother's keeper. <laughs> I am responsible for you. Wow, yes, yes, I, I'm yes. Respond- and so that's really what the village is about. It takes a village. The responsibility is ours. Whether we want it or not, it is already falling on us. Mm, yes. We said yes to our salvation. I'm saying yes. When Jesus was asking or gathering his disciples, he told them to leave the things that they knew, even their families, their some of their businesses he had, to follow me. This is what it's about. So we've got to guard and obey his commands. 
Um, and it's our responsibility. And a lot of times we skirt the responsibility because of our own um, haughtiness, I'm going to say. Right, right. Can you <laughs> repeat so, that, um, what you said earlier? We say yes to... Oh, when we said yeah, when we said yes to our salvation, we were saying yes to the responsibility of of being a village. It's it was automatic. Hmm. When we say yes to a call, it's our responsibility. Wow, it's our obligation. It is not separate. The two go hand in hand. When we say yes to something, I'm saying yes. I'm going to take this to my clothes to the cleaners. It's my responsibility to make sure they get clean. I'm saying, yes, I'm going to take my mother in love to the doctor. It is my responsibility to get her there safely. I'm going to say yes to taking my children to school because it is my responsibility that they get the teaching that they need from the professionals, from the ones who went to school. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. to instill in them. So the, it is the responsibility. My, my mm. call, my, my yes is my responsibility. It is my obligation. It is my reasonable service. Reasonable. Yes. It <laughs> is my reasonable service. Yes. That I give. And so um, being, being a village. Yes. I, that's my answer will be yes, Lord. Yes. It's my mm. obligation. It's my responsibility. And for me to turn a deaf ear means I'm complicit for me to turn a blind eye means that I am silent. That means that I'm okay with whatever's going on. So I must be alert. I must be aware. And I must uh, announce that God has given us a command Mm. that we are the village, that we should take care of his children. Um, One of the principles in Kwanzaa today is Ujima. And so it means um, I am my brother's keeper. I'm responsible for the village. What better way? What better yes. way? Collective work and responsibility. So I'm responsible for whatever's going on in my purview, mm. wherever I am, whether I'm here at my house in my neighborhood, whether I'm at my church, whether I'm at a community event, whether I'm in a meeting, wherever I am, I'm responsible for the surroundings and mm. what goes on there. When, when you're talking, all I hear is God saying, it's time to be responsible. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, we we mm-hmm. got to be responsible for what's going on. We cannot blame mm-hmm. the outsiders. Mm-hmm. And it's not the government's responsibility. They do what they do. Mm. See, See I wasn't I, trying I, to I, go there, but you know, <laughs> I was not, not trying to hit that. It's <laughs> not, we think it's not the government. Yes, we do vote to put people in place, but it's not their responsibility to be invested in the things that concern us. We ought to, at the local level, we ought to be coming together. We ought to be gathering to talk about. That's what our ancestors and our forefathers did. Our mother, our parents and our grandparents did all the time. They had the community meetings. Mm. They came together to talk about the issues of the day. And so that's what we ought to be doing, not tearing each other down or going our own way and saying, well, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This is what I think. Whatever they want to do is fine with me. That is not the village that is not the way uh, to be loving and to be humanity. And so we've got to get back to that. We got to get back to that. A good cry, a good cry. We have to get back to saving our village. We have to come together. Um, Thank you, Pastor Kimberly McKissick for gracing my (laughs) podcast. Uh, I'm sure we will see each other in the village doing the Lord's work. 
Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Um, I wanted to say say this with you. Um, I love visiting your ministry, your church. It's like home away from home. And so if anyone would like to visit Bethel, please feel free, feel free. It is a home away from home. Um, Their church is a force to work and riff. That's all I'm going to say. We're we're thankful we're making an impact. That means a lot. I appreciate that. Our pastor, yes, Bishop McKissick, is amazing. I'm thankful for a great visionary who hears the voice of God and, and goes about to teach, to share information <laughs> with us so we can make an informed decision. Yes, and so, yes. yes. And so oh, they yeah. play a very, very, <laughs> very important part of the community as in mm. reference to the village. And so and, until next time, um, God bless you and your beautiful family. Um, y'all didn't even catch how I smoothed that one in there until next time, right? That's right. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> to be continued. <laughs> I so love you much. I definitely would love to have you back. I'm the little sister. Listen, you know, we never ask. We just take. That's right. That's it. But see, that's part of the village. We're there whether we ask or not. You are the little sister. And I love you with the love of the Lord. I appreciate you so very much. No problem. Um, The time has been well spent. Thank Mm -hmm. you again for breaking bread with me. And uh, a much needed word that will make you check yourself before you wreck yourself and others people, lives, especially the village. This episode has truly pushed me to do better. Although I have grown children now, I am part of the village to help other children recognize, as well as my own, who they are in God, as well as promote healthy families by sharing with them my God's love and action. Yes, it truly takes a village to raise a child or children. And people... (laughs) People of God, we are the it together. We can save a whole generation of you. They are not lost. The village just lost their way. As she said, Mm. we in the bike shadow. It's Mm. time for us to come out the shadow and come together as one to change lives, teach our children. And she says something very important. Listen, not tell them. Build our community and return strength to our village. That may sound like a lot, but if it's in you, you're going to do it because, you know, that's the power of sticking together. Mm. That's just it. We can't leave without praying for you. I'm, I, I call you my congregation, but I think the congregation was really good listeners today. <laughs> <laughs> they were good listeners. <laughs> they were good listeners. It wasn't all that amen. Yes, sir. Sometimes you just have to sit down and listen, you know. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Please um, close us out in prayer, a sweet prayer to Jesus. That's all we need. My Lord. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you, Father, first of all, for all that you are, oh God. We thank you for your grace and your mercy, Lord God. We thank you for waking us up this morning, Lord God. We are so grateful to you, oh God, that you kept us while we slept, Lord God. You didn't let our bed be our cooling board, Lord God, but you woke Mm -hmm. us up in the joy of the Lord, Lord God. We're so thankful, Lord God, 
that you continue to come to see about us, Lord God. And we thank you for your protection, for your guidance, oh God, for your love, Lord God, that abounds, oh God. We're so thankful, Lord God, for all your manifold blessings, Lord God. This 2021 has been amazing, Lord God, pandemic or not. It's been amazing because you are still alive, Lord God, and you have all power, Lord God, in your hand and this world in your hand, Lord God. And you continue to keep us, Lord. You've continued to lift us up, Lord God. You have continued, Lord God, to encourage us, Lord God. We're so thankful, Lord God, to be um, your children, Lord God. We're so thankful to be your disciple, Lord God. Continue to um, give us grace, Lord God. Continue to encourage us, Lord God. Watch over us, Lord God. Bless these listeners, Lord God. Bless them, Lord God, a hundredfold, Lord God. Enlarge their borders and their territories, Lord God. Give them favor, Lord God. Let them have good success, as you said in Joshua, Lord God. We're so thankful, Lord God, that you keep loving us, Lord God, that you keep showering us, Lord God, with your love, with your blessings, with your favor, oh God. Bless the Trimble family, Lord God, Lashala, Lord God, and all that she's doing, Lord God. Bless the fruit of her hands, Lord God. Keep her, Lord God. Protect her, Lord God. Let her walk, Lord God, the straight and narrow, Lord God. Let her not stumble, Lord God. Be with her, Lord God proper up on every leaning side, Lord God. Let her word, let her message, let her witness, Lord God, be a blessing to at least one person, Lord God. And then heaven will rejoice, Lord God, over that one. We're so thankful for what she's doing, Lord God. We're thankful that she's part of our village. Bless us now, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. And we're out. You have been listening to The Power of Sticking Together with me, your host, Alicia LaTremble, and my special guest, Pastor Kimberly McKissick. I pray that you are listening and you understand that you are part of the village. Thank you for listening. Tune in next Friday along with Bishop Joel Robinson as we continue to discuss and share with our village the importance of coming together. Now that's power. Don't forget to share, follow, and subscribe. Until next time, God bless you and keep you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.